Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hi, Senator Mastriano. How are you today? Can I call you Doug? Is that okay? Yes, Don. It's great <laughs> to be on your show. You can call me anything you want except late to dinner. So, <laughs> it's fine. So, you know, I, I had looked this morning as we think about Philadelphia, and I've my husband Larry and I have lived in Philadelphia for you know decades here. We've raised our kids here. Yes, truthfully, we sent them to you know Christian Catholic schools because, like a lot of Philadelphians, um, you know we're concerned about the quality of education. So I do want to you know talk to you about education and crime in Philadelphia. We just I know that you've and I know you've worked on both of these issues, but can, you know we look at the the number this morning, I, and it's a sad number that I look at as a city resident kind of roll through stop signs in the, you know, 4 a.m. hours. I head into work because of the crime rate, record numbers that that we see. And for me, it's not just that I'm a suburban reporter who's reporting on this and then go home to the suburbs. I live in the city of Philadelphia. I deal with it every single day. And I understand what that means and what it means, for example, these articles of impeachment now drawn against our district attorney, Larry Krasner, can you know? Can you talk about what that scene was like? I mean, you you know, in Harrisburg as this is all happening, and your feeling about crime fighting and the answer to solving this in Philadelphia. I know it's nationwide, but especially in Philadelphia, it, it's really heartbreaking. You know, yes. uh, my great grandpa came over from Sicily and, and lived in the South Philly, working on the railroads back about a hundred years ago. My, my wife and I met outside of Philly on the main line at King College, and so and like. Grandma grew up downtown Philly uh, on the uh, maternal side, and it, it's heartbreaking watching the city that it, that means so much to our country, not just our state, but our nation was birthed there, and to, to see it collapsing. And, you know, 70 years of, of Democrat governors and 58 years of Democrat city councils, and, and this is what you got. And every two, four, or six years, depending on the election cycle, the politicians crawl out of their holes and, and make these promises to Philadelphians, and things are continuously getting worse. And so... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a soldier. I'm not a politician. This is not something I aspire to. We, we do need serious change and, and, and not talk. You know, it, it's funny because Josh Shapiro has been our AG for six years, and so he's got a record on crime that he can't run on. And sadly, you know, most folks in the traditional media won't ask him questions. I mean, that, that'd be the starting point for anyone that running for governor. Okay, you're the AG. Is, is crime down? What have you done? And he's done nothing but dither and talk. And, and you, you know the stats better than I do. You know, a, a yeah. thousand carjackings almost this year. 
on track for record homicides this year, maybe 600, but almost 430, two, some I can't even. Almost 2,000 carjackings. 2,000. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. I mean, this, how, do you, how do you live in that environment? I mean, people just want to live their lives and, and have their you know, babies be able to go to school with, without wondering if they're going to make it home or not. And, and I read that one article. You probably saw it, too. The grave diggers said they're having trouble keeping up on on the teenagers are put you know laying to rest. Yes. I mean, I, and fentanyl deaths in Kensington. My wife and I were down there without cameras. I don't I don't do stunts, and they, my heart was broken over talking to the moms and grandmas on the conditions of raising their kids, and and all we get is more lies and empty promises. So you know, as governor, we're going to become a law and order state, and I, and I do have a very clear plan how we're going to do that. Well, I'd love to hear it and go. You know, here's the thing that I as as a so-called, you know, child of media. So I've worked in my, and it, it breaks my heart, I always say this, when I see what's happening with our media today, because as an eight-year-old little girl, I've, you know, met a, a role model, somebody in the family who worked for a newspaper, and I thought, wow, I want to be a journalist. And that was something I aspired to be, and then started as a producer, ultimately ended up, you know, with Fox 29, 10 o'clock news anchor, worked for CBS 3, and and for me, to see what's happening, the bias, and often bias by omission, and people just being unfair to a candidate like yourself, State Senator Doug Mastriano here, you know, I, I, it, I cringe at it. No matter what somebody's politics are, it's not right. And so I want to give you that opportunity. You know, people, every time you're on, Doug, I know, for example, when you were on with Dom Giordano and you talked about your military service, and people loved it and said, oh, I didn't know this, I didn't know that. So I do want to hear your plan, but I want to hear more about you as well and, and what brought you into the military. But let's talk first about your plan. What, As you know, governor of Pennsylvania, what would you want to do and what could you do to make us safer? Yeah, so when I say I'm going to make us law and order state on day one, what does that mean? You know, there's so much talk and so much rhetoric and so many bumper stickers and and you are a breath of fresh air. I mean, you have experience in the media, and, and you know what it could be and what it should be. Mm-hmm. And so thank you for this opportunity to, to lay out some of my vision. And I'm not afraid of hard questions either. I mean, I, clearly not. But uh, law and order state means, number one, we changed the culture in Harrisburg. Tom Wolf and Josh Shapiro have been associated and affiliated with the, the defund the police crowd. And, and let, let me prove why I say that. And on 4th of June, 2020, when Tom Wolf finally made an appearance after 55 episodes of Where is Wolf, uh, he, he marched in a parade in Harrisburg, you know, with, with BLM and Antifa with the uh, Blue Lives Murder sign behind his head. And neither he nor Josh Shapiro announced that. And we see that our law enforcement, they, they don't feel respected. They're not respected. Uh, we saw in Philly what happened last week when, when a couple of our officers were surrounded by people on ATV and bikes and throwing things at them. I mean, that's, that's not a civilized society there. Mm-hmm. And so I, if law enforcement has to know their governor has their back and it is, is not going to you know, force them looking over their shoulders. Number two, of course, is funding the police, not defunding the police, as, as the Shapiro group would have. And uh, we've already begun work on that. One of my bills was rolled into the budget this year to increase state police by 200. That, that was one of my initiatives. Uh, that's just the start, though. And then having the resources and training they need to get the job done. Additionally, uh, working with the General Assembly to have authorization to serve special prosecutors in high crime areas of Philly so we deal with the criminals. And then, of course, lastly, is, is not having a revolving door. You know, Shapiro and uh, Wolf have worked together to release up to 10,000, between eight and 10,000 criminals early. 
And we've uh, seen statistics that show 70% of those early releases result in additional crimes within the next few days against the victims or those that reported them to police. So that revolving door has to end. Yeah, and I do want to talk about your military service as well. Um, I resent when, and I've said on this program, live and local, I've said it for how, how long, and Anthony, our executive producer, and Jimmy Kelly, who's our engineer here, can tell you that I've said, what is this where we paint somebody as, quote-unquote, dangerous extreme? If somebody has tangible evidence, bring it forth. And I can't stand when these these titles are, are put out there with a broad brush and there's no evidence of it. And so what I always say is, you know, this is somebody as a retired colonel in the United States Army, combat veteran. Can you talk about what what brought you to, first of all, get into the military? What 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 was it that you said, you know what, I want to do this, and then you ended up 30 years in active duty service? Uh, my dad was a Navy man, and uh, you know, early on, I, I we, we'd go on little canoes and stuff. I'd get kind of, you know, <laughs> motion sick, so I knew I wouldn't join the Navy. <laughs> and uh, But I was, I was always so excited to see my dad come home from work in uniform, uh, you know, and uh it was a stark time. It was, you know, late sixties, early seventies. And then one day he stopped coming home in uniform. And I asked him, I said, dad, why, what happened to uniform? I'm a little kid. And he's like, our commander told us we're forbidden to wear uniform off base anymore because of the climate in the nation. We might get attacked, you know, in the Vietnam era. And my heart was broken because of a very patriotic family. But my dad was one of those lost souls that, that could have been killed in Philly. I mean, he, you know, he grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I'm just using analysis here. Mm-hmm. He dropped out of school at 17 and he, he, he said he was a bum. But my dad used to say that, Doug, I was a bum when I was a kid. And then uh, he got in trouble with the law and, and the judge gave him a chance to either go to jail or join the Navy. And the Navy, turned him to a lost soul, like we see a lot of these kids in Philadelphia, to one of the hardest working men I ever knew, one of the most patriotic and family-oriented people ever. And that was just because he was given a second chance. And a lot of kids in Philadelphia aren't given a second chance. Now, why did I join the Army? I grew up at the feet of my Uncle Joe, my Uncle Joe Guba, a tough Hungarian Union guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was in Patton's Third Army. He was a Sherman tank driver and, and uh, landed at Normandy, fought across France, and, and beat back the Nazis in the uh, Bastogne and Battle of the Bulge. Uh, as they were advancing to try to save our guys trapped in Bastogne, we had an American division, 101st and 10th Armored, tra- trapped by the Nazis in the dead of winter in Belgium. Uh, his tank was destroyed, and he was the only survivor. And this, he was a, he was a tough old guy. He, he was blown out of his tank, and he, and he woke up sitting Indian-style in, in a ditch with his intestines floating in front of him. And, you know, I was like, Uncle Joe, what did you do? And he talked like John Wayne. He's like, Doug, you know what I mean? I put my intestines back <laughs> in my stomach <laughs> and got patched up and went back to the battle. And I just remembered, like, you know, I, I want to be, you know, like, like my dad, like my Uncle Joe. And I really believed uh you know, in our country, you know, we owed a debt to it. So I determined at about five years old, I was going to be a soldier. And that's what I did my entire adult life. Yeah. I mean, your career, as you look through it and obviously, you know, Afghanistan. So I know it, it must have been, you know, you served four years with NATO, deployed three times to Afghanistan, director of NATO's Joint Intelligence Center in Afghanistan and leading so many people, what, 80 people? You served from many different nations. You know, talk about what your work in Afghanistan a little bit, if you would, and what maybe did that change you or inspire you as a person? 
So, you know, 9-11 happens, and uh, I was actually at one of the advanced uh, training courses for being an advanced uh, military planner uh, at the Air Force School, the School of Advanced Air and uh, Space uh, Sciences. We call it like a JEDI course for military planners. And so we knew after 9-11 that, that we'd all be swept up in, in important jobs of planning, you know, the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. And, and I was uh, selected to be the lead planner on the Army side in Europe on the plan to invade Turkey, uh, invade Iraq through Turkey, very complex plan. Um, and then I uh, got assigned to NATO and NATO, the mission had shifted. NATO was taking the lead on Afghanistan while America could focus on, on the mess created in Iraq. And uh, there I deployed with, with NATO uh, three times for short deployments. And after the second deployment, I was really kind of contemplating on my contribution to the mission. And, and all I had really had done is, is planning the, demise of a lot of bad guys are really not make, making a difference with the Afghan people. So when I deployed the third time with my headquarters, with the, the multinational mission, we had about 80 soldiers from 18 different countries, very complex environment. I was leading them, very, very you know, daunting to lead such a, a diverse group of people. But I determined we're going to do, try to do something voluntarily to help the, the people of Afghanistan instead of just, you know, kinetic uh, approaches to life, try to help. And, and we found an orphanage where we did seven relief uh, uh, missions to help the orphans uh, in the Hindu Kush mountains. Um, but what a rewarding experience to your leadership style has to be more interactive than directive working with NATO. And I think it was that uh, experience in four years in a multinational environment helped me to really become uh, what I am today and a better leader. And, and I think it's prepared me for the governor as well. Yeah. And that, you know, as you're speaking and, you know, I've, re- I've talked to so many people who have known you for many years, it's, it has to be when you're, you enter in public life and you mentioned family members who fought against the Nazis and you've worked in the military side by side with a diversity of people. And so to be painted in, in the media or these, these ads um, with lies and words like anti-Semite or racist or extreme, it's it's gotta hurt. I know you have a thick skin, obviously, but it's gotta hurt. Yeah, you know, initially it was really hard to deal with because you know in the military environment, especially being an officer in the military, you know, you're supposed to be a leader with honor and integrity. You know, a man or woman of, of his or her word, and then to be painted in a picture that is just not even sustainable in, in realism. You know, a colonel in the army, uh, only 3% of my class, I think, made it. 3 to 7% of my class made it. Three of us made it. Um, <clears throat> and there was a top secret access for 30 years. So constantly being vetted and investigated my background. And, you know, they, and when you're investigated, they're, they're looking for extreme points of view. And, and you know, if you're a danger to the country or if you could you know, leak these sensitive secrets that would damage our national defense. And so it, those things are just materially, demonstrably you know, false. But you'd have people peddling that information, especially in the in elements in the media. It's right. just like, guys, are you, do you have that much stain or disrespect or lack of understanding of what it takes to be a colonel in the army? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, you know, in looking at you and your wife Rebby, you said you met on the main line, uh, right, just outside Philadelphia. Like you and Rebby, my husband Larry and I, you know, have boys, and I remember the first time that we took our boys to Gettysburg. And our oldest son, Michael, is a teenager now, and he said, Mom, Dad, thank you. These are my people, reenactors. He loves going to the reenactments. And I thought of him and that situation when this this whole thing with the the 
Confederate uniform thing came up because I immediately said in Pennsylvania, especially, oh, my goodness, you know, my kids have done this where they've worn because you have to wear one side or the other. Right. And and so with reenactment and history education, um, you know, can you speak to that as far as this being used as somebody who's dressed as a reenactor in that Confederate uniform in the context of the fact that you have, what, four PhDs, you're an educator and historian. Can you can you put that in perspective? Sure. <clears throat> so just for clarity, four masters and uh, one PhD. Oh, I'm sorry. Hard to <laughs> Somebody asked me if I was going to go for a second doctor, and it was the hardest thing I did in my life. Like, nope. <laughs> so, uh, published author, historian of American history from 1860 to today, basically, um, you know, respected, uh, giving, given hundreds of tours of Gettysburg. It's in my Senate district. I mean, I love the battlefield. I love history. And, and it just shows you how desperate and how far over the top the left has gone. I mean, using any ridiculous little accusation you know we we have pictures of course uh, in, in yankee uniforms too I, mm-hmm. i'd be happy to share those if people care but you know the facts don't really matter to the left i i haven't seen the left where they care that the facts are getting getting in the way of a good story so they're trying to paint an image of something that's just not so it, it's okay to you know recognize and remember american history and it's just part of this cancel culture. So we, you know, my opponent and I are really, really different. We're 180 degrees opposite, you know, clearly. And th- this guy personifies, which I think would be okay with him, what happened in Philly yesterday, where you have drag queen uh, story time for six-year-olds. I mean, and boys in the girls' bathroom and boys dominating female sports, rolling back black the clock 50 years on women achievements in athletics uh, under Title IX. You know, and, uh, you know, this graphic content of stuff in schools uh, that, that parents are trying to get out of the classroom, that, you know, exposing elementary kids to stuff that would normally have child services visit your house if that was around. And it's just it's complete difference here. You know, I, I think, you know, as you you want to be able to raise your kids the way you see fit and not have a government come in here and tell you now your beliefs are all, all, all wrong. And we're going to play, you know, gender pronoun games with your kids and confuse them at five and six years old. Yeah, and, and that brings us to the, the parental right, parental bill of rights in Pennsylvania that you, Doug Mastriano, you first introduced this Senate bill, I know. And this is something that I talk to moms who I know, and I just was talking to a mom in Chester County telling me their daughter went in a bathroom, and she's, what, I think 11 or 12, I think her daughter just turned 12. And a, a little girl who used to be a girl is now identified, or no, a boy who was Michael and now is a girl, was in the girl's bathroom. And this little girl, you know that age group, 11, 12, and self-conscious. So went, you know, after middle school, and went home, told mom and dad, oh, remember Michael? Well, um, yeah, Michael was in the bathroom. Michael's a girl now. And she was awkward with it. She was just uncomfortable. And so the parents and call the principal, and the principal says, look, we can't do anything. We, uh, uh, this is, and I've had callers talk about this, and they're told, well, this is title, something about Title IX. They're using, they're, they're even telling parents and pushing back. So the family that, that I'm speaking of, that I know on a personal side, they were told, well, if your daughter wants to use the private room up by the you know, front office, by the principal's office, she can go in there. And the parents said, you're kidding. Like, this is the girl's bathroom. So you're saying that little girls who are uncomfortable with boys going, you know, and, and so this is happening. This is real. This is not, 
you know, some people say, oh, they're just saying, no, 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 no. This is happening. It's happening in Chester. It's happening in Bucks. It's happening in Montgomery County. I'm talking to parents all the time. They, they come up to me and they'll whisper sometimes, you know, because conservative women are in the closet. But what would your parental bill of rights, Doug Mastriano, what does that mean for a parent listening? And, and a lot of these parents, as you know, especially a lot of moms, I know they're not political. They've never been political in their lives. Okay. What would this mean and what do you believe should happen and what would you do as governor? Yeah, thank you for that. <clears throat> and we have Josh Shapiro to thank for this. I, I consider that a safety issue and a science issue. And Josh Shapiro fought really hard in Pennsylvania for the right for boys to go into the girls' bathroom. He, he fought very hard on that. And, and when he won in Pennsylvania about a year ago, he filed an, an amicus brief against the parents and children and girls of Virginia and Florida also imposing his his dangerous, radical view that boys should be allowed in the girls' bathroom. And this time last year in Loudoun County, Virginia, a 15-year-old girl was raped, thanks in part to the legal work of Josh Shapiro. She was raped by a pervert guy hanging out in the girls' bathroom. And the school board in Loudoun County tried to cover it up. And you remember this time last year, the dad found out, confronted the school board, and was hauled out in handcuffs. I mean, in what world is that okay? And so... never. This is this is chilling to me. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine being a, a girl in school, half the using the bathroom, and looking around to see if there's any friends that can go in with you, wondering if if you're going to be in an awkward situation or dangerous situation. This is just madness to set in. Something has really gone wrong with with the Democrat Party. So under Mastriano, we're going to restore common sense to the Commonwealth. So on day one of my administration, I have an executive order that will that will ban boys from going in the girls' bathroom. We're going to follow the science. We're not going to enable things that are just outside of the norm. I mean, that we even have to have this debate, right. you know, and as far as gender pronoun games, you know, drag queen story time in schools, that all ends on day one. This, this is, you know, schools, the administration and Josh Shapiro, because he filed the suit to keep our kids in masks last year. He filed to keep business shut down. Every every corner I look, you know, he's had the opportunity to stand for the Constitution and parental rights. And every single time he's refused, he's, he stood against the people of the state. And, you know, you think about this here. Our kids are suffering academically massively because of these ridiculous shutdowns. And instead of trying to catch our kids up and, and give them a proper education on how to think, you know, they're being taught what to think. And in many cases, they're being indoctrinated. Why would a five or six year old be exposed to a radical in the classroom, confusing them. Oh, what gender do you want today? And don't tell your parents, by the way, that we're talking about this. Uh, we, I had a hearing in Harrisburg two weeks ago, and I had moms, mostly mostly from the southeast, testify mm-hmm. to these gender games, graphic porn in, available in the yes. classrooms that child services would arrest us for. Uh, Josh Shapiro filed a dismissal for this lawsuit by one mom, uh, Phoenicia, out of Chester County. To get that stuff out of the classroom, it's not book banning Democrats. It, it, it's simple age appropriate. This mm-hmm. stuff is disgusting. And if you know, in the end, my parental rights bill puts the power in your hands and not in the hands of some bureaucrat or somebody who has a radical agenda here to, to endanger our kids. Yeah, it's a it's a top issue and a key. My final question. I thank you, State Senator Doug Mastriano, who's running for governor of Pennsylvania. Final question is uh, talking about the economy. And you have said that Pennsylvania could be a key to turning things around as far as the energy crisis and the economy. Can you talk about that? Yes. You know, so I have an ambitious plan here, and, and the plan is achievable. I, I've watched what Ron DeSantis has done in Florida and how he's led that state through COVID. 
I've watched uh, Glenn Yonkin, you know, the past year. And, and by the way, both of them were told they would lose this time uh, four years ago. Um, Ron DeSantis, I just spoke to him yesterday. Uh, he was told he was down 12 points and there's no way, you know, in heck that he could, mm-hmm. he could beat his Democrat opponent. So it, what really matters is what happens on Election Day. Get out and vote and, and you know, take, take your voice back. But uh, my, my plan for Pennsylvania is, is really centered upon economic prosperity on our energy sector. We are blessed with one of the largest natural gas deposits in the Marshallis Shell uh, in the world. And uh, we're told by geologists that we have centuries of energy uh, within the shell there. And, so, and also we have fantastic high-grade anthracite coal. We have very high-grade oil. I mean, we are really, really blessed in Pennsylvania. So on day one, uh, I'm going to remove us from the energy carbon tax that Tom Wolf has put us in. You wonder why your, your energy cost is so high. It's not just the war in Russia. Russia. It's also a, a plan by Tom Wolf that began on the 1st of June to put us in this regional greenhouse gas initiative, which is a carbon tax. On day one, we're out of this, Reggie. Uh, on day one, we're going to open up state lands for energy development. On day one, we're going to roll back about eight years of regulations on our new se- energy sector. And uh, that's going to drive down prices. And although inflation is largely a federal issue, uh, we see we are in the age of governors. And this governor, Mastriano, will have energy power at, you know, at the disposal of the people. We'll be able to drive down energy costs in our state, inflation, and then you won't have to choose between heating and eating this winter. Doug Mastriano, thank you so much for just telling us, laying out the issues for us. We appreciate you. Where do people find you? Thank, thank you, Don. It was an yes. honor to be on with you. Thank you for your work. And so if everyone could go to DougForGov.com, you could sign up to be a volunteer or donate to the campaign. We're, we'd like to have a, a poll watcher, a trained poll watcher at every polling station. There's 9,000 polling stations. We have a few, a few more to get. So if you'd help us out, we'd appreciate it. Okay, Doug for Gov. Thank you, Doug Mastriano. Thank you, Senator. Thank you so much. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.